Yeah, Pastor John, how can I tell when I'm in a church service? How can I tell if something is the, the Holy Spirit? Well, we all know that the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, He will glorify me. He will not speak of Himself, but He will glorify me. The Holy Spirit is active in the life of the believer. And if Christ is baptizing us with fire, He's active in uh, keeping that fire going uh, putting wind upon that fire, there, there should be, along with the confidence of the believer, there should be a perpetual burning of old things, old ways, uh, things from the day. You know, in our physical bodies, we bathe. In our spiritual lives, there's a fire that burns that keeps us purified. This fire, this fire of God, this fire of the Holy Spirit, it, it, you, you have to get this part or it can become mystical. Like, well, that prophet has this. No, you don't get the fire from any person. Now, this wasn't in my notes, but let me just go ahead and cover this. Because in a lot of Pentecostal charismatic circles, you'll see a man scream, Fire! Fire! And, and people will scream and roll around and he can make them all fall down. That is... A supernatural power, but it's not a divine power. Man does not control the fire of God. God does that. And it ain't going to burn like that. It burns away relationships. It burns away uh, false humility. It burns away pride and arrogance and ignorance. It burns away a love for the world it doesn't burn on the physical tingle, tingle. It's a deep working of the soul. And God's work is, it originates with him. The, man does not originate any of the fire. You can't create the fire of God, nor can you share it with anyone. It happens when a Christian draws close enough to him who is a consuming fire, that it becomes so hot that you combust. It's God that sends this fire. It is divine. It's a supernatural fire in and of itself. It's, uh, uh, let me just give you these subpoints. This fire, this divine fire, is, is lit by God. The fire itself, the sharing of the fire, always originates with Him. It is a personal fire. Maybe this is what it means because He didn't give us. A definition, but in Acts chapter 2, when the suddenly the house was filled with what? A mighty what? Rushing wind and cloven tongues as of fire set upon them. Any scholar will tell you that what that means in the original Greek is there was, if you will, a fire, just a floating fire that divided and appeared like, it wasn't a tongue, but like you would see a little snake or a, a swirling symbol, a tongue, over each one. If nothing else, it means that there was fire for all of them. It's an individual fire. It's a personal fire. You didn't start it, but you're accountable for it. Do you remember in the temple, God lit the fire where? In what part of the tabernacle? Some of my scholars helped me. Where was the fire lit? The altar? 
enter what? Y'all speak up. All right, somebody look it up. Your pastor drew a blank, and I don't want to say the wrong thing. It was in the tabernacle. Which room? Holy of Holies. Well, congratulations. You're smarter than I am. I just, when I draw a blank, I, listen, I'm scared of the Lord. I'm not going to get up here and just make something up and wing it. I said, I forgot. Didn't I, Lord? I forgot. I'm not going to act. But this fire, when, when God lights this, but men were responsible for putting oil and keeping it going before the Lord. You're responsible for your personal fire is what I'm supposed to say. You're responsible to keep that work of God going in your heart. It's symbolic, but it's, it's, it's true nonetheless. And some of us, God has lit and relit over and over, and our fire goes out because of our environment that we live in. It goes out because, which I'll get to in just a few moments, we, we refuse or we stop putting fuel upon it. See, the reason we like, and I'll refer back to the, the altar, showy, that kind of fire, is because it don't cost you nothing. Why would I rather have a guy put his hands on me and scream fire and me fall down and wiggle around on the floor and get up? Because you had an experience without a cost. Fire leaves, something is consumed personally on your altar. Fire falls on altars and offerings. Oh, so if I present my body as a living sacrifice, the fire falls on that. And that's your reasonable service. This fire is a revelatory, purifying fire. What do you mean by that, Pastor John? Well, the scripture says in Jeremiah 23, Is not my word like as a fire, says the Lord. So when we are students of the word, and we apply the word, and we memorize the word, and we respond to the word, that is like a controlled burn in our heart. It burns away at ideologies. Uh, It burns away at prejudices. At wrong priorities, it's a, it's a slow burn. You ever seen those guys burn fields and they drip the, the fire and it just goes that way and, and it clears out between all the trees? That's what the Word of God does. It doesn't consume all of you, but it consumes. It modifies and changes. It's, it's based on revelation and when you see that. Have you ever been studying the Word? And I know you have. You read the Word and you go, oh, that's me. Where it says, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, who looks at himself in the mirror and goes, oh, that's me. All across this room, if we were honest, when you looked in the mirror and went, I'm arrogant. I'm ignorant and didn't know. Much of your Christianity is like bad breath. You're the last one to know. Trust me, everybody else knows. But by the time we know, you go, oh. I'm duplicitous. I'm deceptive. That fire burns away to where God wants us to be honest before you. See, some of y'all laughed a moment ago about the 
I can't remember. Do you know where that was born from? The fear of the Lord. Years ago, there was a time he said, don't you ever lie in front of them again. Don't, don't cover up to make you be authentic. You live. So see, it's not about impressing you or being funny. I would forgot. So I'm not going to act like I didn't forget. Because that with the Lord was a greater thing that he burnt on me a while back. said, I want you to be truthful. I want you to tell the truth. If it harms you or helps you. So for all of us, it's, it's a revelatory, purifying fire. Uh, years ago, you've heard me share this story, but for our new believers here, I remember reading the verse that says, As often as you have opportunity, do good to everybody, especially those in the household of faith. And I remember saying out loud, I said, As often as I have opportunity, God, that's all the time. And, I, and it wasn't audible, but I felt the Lord dialoguing with me. You're quick, John. You're so quick. I love that about you. I said, As often as you have opportunity... God, that's like all the time. Yes. And I felt, I felt the question asked to me. And again, for our new believers, it's not audible, but the Lord does talk to us. The Bible is the more sure word of prophecy. And when God communicates with you, he'll never contradict himself from the God of the Bible, ever. But I felt the Lord asking me the question, John, are you a giver or a taker? I said, well, well, I, no, stop, just answer the question. Both, but you know, which one are you? So I, I guess I'm a taker. And I felt the Lord speak to me and said, and you're the last, you're the exact opposite of my son. So what do you do with that? You either let the fire burn or you put it out. So for about a year, I decided, and it wasn't planned, I just said, I'm starting tomorrow. I'm going to give something away of value every day just to break the pattern. <laughs> it was like, I'm sorry, you might not find this funny because I know what it came from. Like the Lord's, you're the opposite of my son. Well, doesn't that kind of disqualify you from being a pastor if you don't do it? So I'm standing, you know, I get done preaching, and I'm wearing my power tie, man. Back when my suits fit, I would wear these ties. They would, they it was, it was sharp, man. It was just, you just preached extra. So I get done, and the guy is up for you. He goes, man, I like that tie. And he, he's visiting. He goes, I, I didn't want it, dude. I just, I just told you. I said, no, no, seriously, I want you to have it. So about three times, he goes, no, really. But I'm, I'm committed now. The tie's off, you know. I'm going to really score because it was one of my favorite ties. And I just gave it to him. I said, I really want you to have it, man. You know. So he goes out to his car, you know, got his Christ Chapel mug and a tie, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to give you examples of what the fire looks like. You can't worry about all the other people that didn't take their tie off because their fire might be burning in a different field. But you ought to have something that shows you're under construction and something purifying. I didn't want to be a taker. Now, if I tell the truth, if he were to ask me today, I think I'm a giver more than I am a taker. Have I arrived? No, but I've changed. And if you want to take notes, write this down. Fire changes things. It changes. I didn't feel good. I lost a lot of ties. I lost a car or two. I lost, 
You know, anytime somebody compliment me, I go, here it goes, here it goes. It's a refining fire. The Bible says in Malachi 3, this God speaking of the Jews, but it's, it, it ties to his nature as well. It said, and he will sit as a refiner of silver with the sons of Levi, which means he'll boil the silver to a certain degree and scrape the dross off. And the refiner knows that he has reached the proper purity when he can see himself in the silver. Well, what he's speaking of is in the last days when Jerusalem awakens to the Messiah and that's the one whom they pierced and they repent and God restores them in a day. He's refined them through all of this abuse and opposition over all these years. He is going to fulfill his promise to bring them back unto himself. But if that's his nature, there's a part of that. Listen to your pastor. Not primary, but there's a part of that. If it's good and it's righteous and it's holy, don't think that he won't do that to you too. He's going to purify and refine you as a person. It's a warming, preserving, defending fire. Remember the Israelites? He was as unto them a cloud by day and a fire by night. A warming, preserving, defending fire. Uh, can you imagine of the Israelites uh, on their way to the, the Red Sea and Pharaoh and them coming up behind and in the journey there as cold as it would get and all of a sudden, I don't know if it was a ribbon, one cloud, clouds, plural, how, but the sky illuminated with a warmth and a glow that allowed them to see where they were going, where they've been, and they were warmed and preserved. If I were chasing you and a supernatural fire appeared above you and I'm burning with sunburn, but you've got a cloud that protects you by day, I would be a little more apprehensive and engaging you in battle knowing that God is with you. And that's the reputation that the Israelites got. The Lord God is with them. God is for them. God is for them. But you can believe that that fire not only burns up, you know, and, and, and it costs and it's painful for you, but after a while it's warming to your soul. It's preserving. It's a defense. The devil knows that if he comes near me, he doesn't have just an old carnal, reprobate believer. He's got someone that is actually on fire by the fire of God. So if that's happening, guess who's near? God himself. I'm preaching way better than you're responding, but I'll buy my own DVD. And I'll, I'll tell me while I'm preaching, that was good, John. Except that part you forgot. You got to work on that, but that was good. It's an empowering fire. The closer you are to the Lord and the more stuff burns away, you'll find that your faith is pure and your confidence grows because you don't have nothing else to lose. The more that burns away, you, you, listen, if, if you're about to see a street fight or, or, or see two guys that are evenly matched, the man that don't have nothing to lose is the one you want to put your, your money on. He don't care. I was like Paul. Paul was, Paul was bad. They said, Paul, we'll kill you. He said, would you? I've been really struggling about, you know, being here with y'all or being present with the Lord. But if you'd knock me off, that'd be really great. 
We'll put you in prison. Would you do it at Philippi? The last time I was there, I almost won the jailer to the Lord. He's, how, how, could he do, how could he do that? Watch, watch. I'm going to tie this together. I, I hope this is as clear to you when I'm done as it is to me. Paul said, I have counted all things as lost. Loss. It's all. Everything is gone. Burn away. I've counted all things but lost, except for the excellency of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. How are you able to suffer the loss of all things unless you had first counted them loss? And when a person walks before the Lord and says, I give you everything, our babies, our goals, our dreams, my future, my possessions, you have it all. When the devil comes in and says, I'm going to take, it's like, doesn't bother you, it's already been given away unto God. That type of burning breeds a confidence that we're not fear or intimidated because he can't take something that's already burned away as far as your heart is concerned. Isn't that good? Number two, this fire is not the same as a fake fire. Your pastor has spent the better part of a, a year talking to you about the inauthentic, the imitation Christ, the antichrist, the spirit of antichrist, that which is in opposition to Christ and that which is an imitation or substitution of Christ, the imitation of the Holy Spirit, the imitation of a, a, a false Jesus, a false gospel. And you have to know, you have to know the word and you have to discern to make sure that you're not being deceived by something that is imitation. Same with this fire. And I'm going to focus on the fire of God this morning. A counterfeit fire, of course, is man-made. It's an imitation, a replacement, a duplication. Now, I don't mean if I start a fire with gasoline and wood. No, that's, that's a real fire. But this spiritual one that God starts... Anything that starts with you is an imitation. Well, how can you say that? Because you're not going to pick the thing that he wants to burn up to start it. If God starts it, in, anything that you try to do to look like that is an imitation. Mark, I wasn't as clear as I wanted to be. Let me take you to Applebee's. That'll make it clearer for you. I haven't been to Applebee's in several years. And if y'all work at Applebee's, please don't get mad at me. You can write me at amy at christchapelmakingga.org and tell me all about it. But years ago, I went to an Applebee's and I was perusing the menu and it said fat-free brownie. And I said, what meaneth this? Fat-free brownie. Being that every ingredient in a brownie is fat. How can I have a fat-free brownie? So then you're brave enough to order one $9 fat-free brownie. It looked like a brownie. It smelt like a brownie. It had fake, everything about it was fake. Fake brownie, fake chocolate, fake whipped cream. Probably some, what is it you always churn up and tell me it's something else? What? cauliflower she goes that's sour cream I said that, that ain't no sour cream I'm 250 pounds that's sour cream no 
you substitute that for sour cream. No, we don't. It's white. That's the only thing about it that's the same. So they bring your brownie out. I'm back to the brownie. There's no brownie. It's brown. It's square. No brownie. Poured with chocolate, except it's not chocolate. It's brown liquid and then fake whipped cream, cauliflower, whatever it is. And then they serve it to you, $9, and they smile at you. And you do your fork through it. The texture's good. Y'all, this is gonna, y'all are going to go home and remember this sermon. You know, texture's good. It, oh, it sponges down and c- comes back. And you, you dip it, you swirl it in a little chocolate, and you go, that's not brownie. Mm-mm, it's not, I promise you. And then, if, you know, the girls will, the, the girls will, guys will like, and roll up the napkin, baby, what, you want me to eat it? I was eating, thanks, uh, I was eating it uh, when Kelly and I were courting and her mom made some turkey and bacon and something else. It was just a bunch of fixings and I snuck a piece beforehand and I bit it and I said, but something's wrong with the bacon. And I was being serious because what? I was it's, it's not right. Something's wrong. Well, it was turkey bacon. I, I, and so, again, for sermon illustration, I love letting you laugh long enough and then really hitting you with the truth. So now watch. So, so if it comes from a turkey, which is a lean animal, it can't be bacon which is a fat animal. Turkey, which is a tasteless animal. Bacon, which is a tasty animal. Saltless, salt-filled. Not pleasurable, pleasurable. The, the distinctions are completely different. Why don't you just say turkey and leave my bacon alone? Don't fake me out. You're not fooling nobody. I told the lady at Applebee's, I said, this is not a brownie. It's a brown napkin. She goes, it's bad, isn't it? I said, yeah, it's bad. And you charged me $9. That's a sin. Comp this. I'm not eating it. You take it home to your dog who eat rocks. He goes, he don't know what it is. All right. Now for the truth to go in, okay? A counterfeit fire is just like that. Let me show you what man-made looks like. You control where it starts. You control its temperature. You control its duration. You control what's off limits. And you'll act like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. No, there's, a, there's a, an abandoning a wildness to the fire of God is his wind blows where he wants it to go. Not at the end of an altar service where a man puts his hand on you and screams fire and you roll around and you go, I had no, that's not, no, no, no. You had an experience, but it wasn't a God experience. God experiences deal with the soul of man. The priorities of man, the fabric of man, the nature of man. And if he's going to knock you out, you're going to be like Adam. When you wake up, the scenery's going to look different. Eve was there. 
when he got up. He was a counterfeit. That's what we see everywhere today. A counterfeit Jesus. He gets us. No, he judges us. And he's a consuming fire and he's angry with the wicked every day. And yes, he's a loving savior, but you can't just doctor him up and have a holiness-free Jesus. It's not the same Jesus. A false gospel that says there's all the ways that lead to God. We're all God's children. No, no. Imitation of the Spirit, false faith and false burning. A counterfeit fire is programmable. And I, I want to say these again. When it starts, where it goes, its duration, its temperature. If there's any part of it where you get to control a thermostat, it's a fake fire. And you're only fooling yourself. He lights the fire, and it burns where he wants it to go. I read an article, I don't often do this, but I want, sometimes I try to summarize, but her words were really perfect. And so outside of taking a few sentences out, I did not change them. This is a lady, don't know her, don't know of her history, Mirandia Wright. Let me just read this to you. My husband brought home a new heater for our bedroom a few days ago. The warmth it emits simply comes from a fan that blows across an electric heating coil, something akin to a giant hairdryer. No matter how real this fireplace looks, I can't but notice that although it does feel good to my flesh, it doesn't feel the same as a real fire. Then my husband, this is so good. Then my husband reading the manual says, it says that unlike a real fire, this fireplace will not change the moisture and oxygen content in the air. In that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, because it's a fake fire, it doesn't change the atmosphere. That's when it hit me. Real fire changes things. Everything a real fire touches, it changes. It becomes something completely new down to the molecular level with a completely new chemical composition. All things are made into something new by real fire. It even changes the atmosphere around it. Fake fire or strange fire, however, doesn't change anything. It just adds to it. Let me just pause right there. Fake fire, fake fire in churches, fake fires that you produce in your devotional time only add to your life. It's always an addition of comfort, uh, of feeling better. But the fire itself changes things. See, when this fake fire is on, it blows past me and my flesh feels it but it doesn't affect the inside of me. It doesn't change the atmosphere in the room in any lasting manner either. It's as warm as long as it blows on my flesh, but as soon as it stops, the cold takes over. The real fire burning in the living room, however, once lit, changed the chemistry of the air. It moved every molecule out of its place and removed elements from the atmosphere that the cold clings to like humidity causing a real and lasting change. Strange fire 
tries to add something to a person's life, experience, situation, and heart. But the real fire of God changes it. Legalism, doctrines of demons, counterfeit religion, come as you are and leave as you are sermons, and manifestations of a fruitless charismatic hype, they are all strange fire because they're trying to add something to an existing atmosphere. The real fire of God doesn't add to what already is, it changes it. It's not grace added to a sinful life, it's a life changed by grace. The old is washed away and all things become new. A new creature in Christ Jesus because real fire changes what it touches. A counterfeit fire doesn't leave any ashes. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 28 that our God is a consuming fire. Here's how you know the fire of God is burning in your life. You can walk someone through or just yourself take a journey to what no longer exists in your life. Relationships that burn away. Friends that you loved, but the fire of God severed that relationship. Priorities that you used to have. If he can't get you to change them, he'll burn them away till there's only one or two left. You see, you can walk over to the what used to be's and you can see the ashes. We have a big fire uh, pit that uh, Billy Smith gave me. He's got a guy in his church that does uh, metal work and it's huge fire pit. It says Christ Chapel Community Church. And when the fire's lit, the letters glow in it. But when we, I mean, we start with the, you know, the logs on the bottom and then a bunch of little sticks and then the big logs and we add to them. So it's a huge bonfire. But the next day or by the afternoon of the next day, all those pieces that once were are no longer, but that's the evidence that they were at one time there, the ashes. It's not so important that you dip your finger in ashes and put them on your skin in observance of a holiday. We're supposed to walk around with the smell of smoke on us all the time if the fire's burning. And is anybody else, I mean, some of y'all, y'all can, you know, y'all can plow a field and go right to bed. You ain't got to wash nothing off. Some of y'all, you know, just come right out of the field, fishing all day, take your glasses off, hop into bed. I just don't understand I come in, I just bathed, you know, in the afternoon, bathed again and got to the fireplace. I'm at the fire outside and Kelly and I and the kids and we roasted marshmallows and everything. And I come inside and I said, ooh, can't go to bed. Third shower of the day. I go in and get all that off because the fire, listen, tells on you. You can't walk close to God and nobody not tell. You don't try to act. I didn't try to act like I'd been at a bonfire. I'm not trying to act spiritual or holy or zealous. It's, it's they go, ooh, girl, something, what, what's burning? What's, me is what's burning. Everything. And then we tell our stories one to another and we encourage one another in the faith. Fake fires don't leave ashes. You need to be able to point to the things that God has burned away. Willingly and unwillingly. And finally, 
Josh, if you'll hold the song for just a moment, and then I want you to play it in just a minute. This fire once lit is your responsibility. In the same way we're responsible for the oil in our lamp awaiting his return, we're responsible to keep the fire of God going in our heart. We keep the fire going by fueling it. Fueling it. Dead stuff burns quicker, but the living things are the slower burn. Anybody else watch Survivor? I've watched every season. Anybody else Survivor? Where, where are my friends at? When it goes down to fire and you just know in that last episode, he's lost or she's lost. He, this, this guy, you know, he, he couldn't, he doesn't know the beginnings of a fire. You just know he's going to lose. And he throws all the, the fluff stuff in at first and it comes up and it's gone. And you go, don't throw all that in. It's just going to flame up and it goes away. But the, the one that builds it gets it going and puts real fuel on there that will burn slowly. See, you are designed as a slow burn. A living sacrifice. Green wood doesn't burn as quick as rotted wood. See, when you just stop sleeping around, I'm just going to stop being unfaithful. That's a good thing. Thank you for finally coming around to that. I'm just going to stop shacking up and sleeping around. You th I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop stealing. Another good thing. But when then you say, uh, I'm impatient. That's a slow burn. I'm self-righteous. That's a slow burn. It burns slower, but God knows how to turn the heat up to keep it going in you and on you. Fuel. The fuel is your responsibility. You know why the fire's gone out on your altar? Because you don't put anything on it anymore. When's the last time you brought something to the altar? See, we talk about the fire falling from heaven, but it didn't fall on rocks. You remember when Abram took his son Isaac to the top of the mountain to sacrifice him? He brought his fire with him, the Bible said. I'm ready to do this. I, I want to put something in front of you, whether it's your will or your plans, your goals, your dreams, possessions, whatever, whatever it is. You say, Lord, for you, I offer this to you. And if he wants it, he'll consume it. And sometimes he'll ask you for something like he did Abram asking for his son. And Abram lifts the knife. He goes, oh, never mind. I just wanted to see if you'd give it. And he was credited for doing the thing he didn't do. But it proved his faith was there. We keep the fire going not only by fueling it, but by protecting it. Keeping it from the things and the people that would put it out. You have people in your life that help you keep fire going and those that put it out. And it doesn't mean that we lock ourselves away in a monastery and don't talk to people. But it means our associations. We can't live perpetually around those that kick dust or dirt in our fire and are always trying to put it out. We do it, we keep it going by practice and discipline. And then eventually it turns into habit. Practice and discipline. And we do it with a sense of humility and worship and joy. So long as we draw near to God and in response he draws near to us and before long the heat of his presence makes our carnal life combustible before him. And we are lit a fire once again. Several weeks ago, I had the Lord visit me in that way. And it was like the, you know, the, 
again, the survivor of the Flint, you know, like that. And I was in my office, and I'm paraphrasing, but if you will, one from heaven. And I was at my desk, and I just sobbed before the Lord at my desk. Tears, I mean, just, just falling on my desk. And I, I, I felt it and knew, knew what he wanted. And in that moment, what he wanted was not thank you. He wanted repentance for letting it go out. And I did. I repented well and you know it wasn't a week or two that I watched something on top nothing like pornography or a horrible movie or anything just something I knew that wasn't pleasing to him it was gone and I had to at this stage in my life I feel like the Lord wants me to articulate it out in detail not saying things like oh I shouldn't have done that Lord I chose the carnal pleasure of this over the work that you were doing in my heart and I can't light it back. Will you do this for me again? And you have to wait. You have to wait for those moments and you can almost hear it. And then you got to make sure that you start with the little stuff, the stuff that you know will combust quickly. And then say, okay, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that back to you, that unforgiveness that I picked back up. I'm going to put that back on there and put this back in. Whatever you lo do, Lord, don't let me live a fake Christianity with a fake Jesus, with a fake Holy Spirit, and a fake gospel warming my hands at a fake fire and acting like you don't know the difference. Oh, God, deliver me from everything that's not real. So with that, I ask you today, are you on fire for the Lord? I want to take a few moments, just a few moments and play this for you. And uh, some of us need to repent. Others, just however, Lord, you know what I need. Uh, it can be repentance, just asking for him to reignite your heart. But don't let this be something like, oh, I'm just going to shoot to lunch. This, that's not one of these days. I'm going to let you out on time, but I think we need to respond to this. So, Josh, if you'd play that for me. Just as I am. If that's you and you want to come to the altar.